Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss all things kits, races, racing, mud, tracks, roads, um, and stuffs is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to remember all the things and... There's a lot of things, but there's not a lot of um, racing this week. Mostly we've had some cross, yeah? Yeah, it's kind of that weird thing. Like, we would have been going from the, oh, you know, from the from the uh, uh, Qatar, Argentina. But this is generally a gap where the women's, um, where, the, where, where we kind of get ready for the spring classics, which are in, oh, my God, like less than two weeks now. Yeah, massive countdown to wind and cobbles and rain and this notional idea of spring in which the temperature is somehow miraculously under 30 degrees celsius um i mean (laughs) do you guys even summer bro like (laughs) dan's just sad because australia has become non-viable for human life life. he's become non-viable for most life Oh my yeah, God. yeah, no. Oh, come on! I think I think some of those reptiles are doing okay, except for when they're set on fire. All right. So after we finish recording, I'll tell you about the, all the animals that weren't doing so well over the weekend. <laughs> Dan has had it is stressing him out. Global warming is stressing my dear Dan out. But yes, um, we, I'm always we had home. to put a whole new color on our heat charts. I, I what I find interesting is that like the lowest heat colours are kind of getting to the uppest heat colours. It's just you're gonna have to create new colours, like I know. What's that colour we, we actually we actually need to expand human vision so that we can yeah. see more into deep, deeper into the spectrum so that we can actually get an accurate map. Oh my god. You know that you know, wanna know the absolute craziest thing though? Like sorry, weather podcast, how boring. Um, it was basically 45 degrees plus across about two-thirds of Australia over the weekend. Um, and it was snowing in fucking Hobart. <laughs> oh, global warming. How much we love more coal-fired power stations. Um, over in Europe, it's not been, it's, been, it's been snowing a bit too. And we've had the end of the cyclocross season. Yes. Um, now, I do know a little bit about the end of the cyclocross season. It was a race, I believe, called Middlekirk. Middlekirk, yeah. We've had, like... It's funny because World Championships isn't the end because we had the end of the um, I, I, Eisbrucker, Eisbrucker Ladies' Trophy, which is part of the Dave Bay Trophy, which is one of the biggest seas series. Um, wonderful, wonderful sponsor. If you're ever in Belgium or the Netherlands, buy Eisbrucker ice cream. And tell them why, because they sponsor it. Because they're lovely. They're really super, super. Um, Talita de Jong had been winning the, uh, the this category, but as she was um, injured, she couldn't. And Santa Kant won the overall. And then we had the last two rounds of the Super Prestige, uh, Hoogstraten, and then Middlekirker, which basically... Mud, 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 mud. Um, sands, sand, 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 and yeah, they were just, they were just both, 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 stunning, 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 stunning races. And I like it. I mean, it's it's fun because having races after worlds is is still really, really exciting. Do you know what I mean? Is like, it, it's, is it, it one of those things where it's sort of like all bets are off racing like no one's holding themselves back to make sure they don't get hurt for worlds or whatever like like it's just everyone's totally free to go for broke 
Yeah, the post-race was, I mean, I assumed that um, Sana Kant would just dominate in her first races in the rainbow, in the rainbow jersey, mm-hmm. but she didn't because she, she'd been partying a little bit hard. <laughs> well, to be fair, when you come second two years in a row and then finally win, like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing, uh, she gets a party pass from me, so... Yeah, but it was, um, yeah, so in, in Hoogstrad, in the last um, Super Prestige, it was this fantastic, oh, my God, I'm just going to have to go into the thing just to um, Dave Ave trophy myself because it was just, all these all these races are so beautiful to watch and they're so, oh, uh, yeah, and you say, as you say, all bets are off. Um, you know, this is the last chance for glory. You literally know you've got two weeks left, so you don't need to worry about timing your season or anything like that. You can just, you just, you know, you can just like, you just go for it. Mm. And that's, and that's glorious. And it's, and it's so much fun. And so you end up, so the, so the Quaratan Cross, Quaratan Cross in Lille, and they all have like 17 different names, which is also, also hilarious. But the Quaratan Cross, Lille, ended up with a three-way ride between Sanacant, um, Belgian under 23-year-old Laura Vadonshot, and her partner, Maud Kapthines. Kapthines. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise they came out at the start of the season oh, as wow. a couple. Oh, as okay. a, a, So, yeah, so, so Dutch Maud Kapthines and, and Belgian Laura Vadonshot are the, offici- are the official um, cyclocross couple. Well, there you go. Okay. But so the trio had been racing really hard against each other with Sophie de Boer and then Sophie de Boer um, had a mechanical and the finish, they're all riding up together and normally you'd expect Sana Kant to win, but they're racing up the finishing straight and it was one of those things where Sana looked over her shoulder, her left shoulder for Laura, the Donshot, and as she did that, Maud Capthorne's attacked up the right hand side. Oh, <laughs> your favourite move basically. My favourite move, right? Yeah, this is yeah. literally. I was still talking about. I think it was 2010 when Emma Pooley did that to <laughs> Emma Johansson and Mariana Voss in the GP Plouet. Yeah, it's yeah. just. It is it's, my favourite favourite move because people, it's just. People don't realise, but that's actually written into our podcast contract that Sarah's allowed to mention that at least once every four podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, so. someone pointed it out because I put the video in a post this week and in, in the, the live races this week, and I was like, "Of course I did! It's an excuse to talk about that race, that move! Oh my god!" So yeah, um, my officially, officially, my favourite move in the world is Rider A looks over her left shoulder while and, and Rider Rider B basically sees that it's coming and attacks up the right. Yep, indeed. It is. It's glorious. It's yeah. So that was the end of the Dave Ave Trophy. I mean, it's beautiful. Watch it, please. I mean, we'll put all the links in our podcast, prowomenscycling.com. And we'll, um, yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I just, I just need to, you know, you need to see it because it's just, it's glorious and it's so clever. And it was a really, I mean, I love, 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 love Santa Kant. And I'd have liked to see her win in her rainbow jersey, but that was just gorgeous. <laughs> it was amazing racing. Um, Hook Stratton, um, Sophie de Boer won, beating Helen Wyman in the second. Helen Wyman finally coming back Ooh, from her back hideous shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, that was a really nasty crash early in the season. So Yeah, yeah, she's had like holes in her shoulder so she can't um, put her bike on her shoulder. Mm. And yeah, it really has been struggle for her. So it's good to see her back on the podium for even if it was the penultimate race of the year. Ellen Van Looyen third. And then Middlekirker just 
non-stop fighting all the way through between Sanacant, Sophie de Boer and Ellen Van Loy, but won by uh, Sanacant's, but just a glorious battle, beautiful to watch, amazing riding, superb win, watch them all, they're all just like, oh, cyclocross, even my dad likes cyclocross now. <laughs> I, I, he watched... He watched the because I kept talking about the national the, the world championships. He watched the world championships. Was like, oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> See, I'm so happy. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so, yeah. so, so the cyclocross season is over. Well, I mean, I guess that means that there's only one thing to do: cry. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, drink Geneva. review kits for the road season ahead and. Um, <laughs> Let's just talk track before we come on to kits oh, because okay. we do yep. have some track. We have we have um, a track race. Uh, start with a track race this weekend, and um, it's in Cali, in Colombia. It's the penultimate round of the Track World Cup, which this year was um, t- was was four rounds. And so, yeah, so Cali, they have such really good social media. Like, I really, really love the Cali Track World Cup social media. Um, I can't find any TV documents, but I'll tell you how to follow it all. We can follow it all live on the um, on, on, on the Tissot Timing website. But, yeah, um, hopefully there'll be some shown on the UCI channel. Um, what they tend to do, what they tend to do is they tend to have one day where it's like a mix of live races and highlights from previous races but we'll see but Cali's great Colombia is just such a cycling heartland um awesome atmosphere awesome riding and then almost straight away because uh that's this weekend and then uh let me just grab the exact dates <sighs> Uh, sorry about this. I'm. You can tell I'm unprepared. So they have Cali this week, and then next week they go to Los Angeles for the final round of the Track World Cup, 25th to 26th of February, and they build that up to go to the Track World Championships, um, the Able Body Track World Championships, which is in Hong Kong in April. So it's kind of a bit bizarre because you have these two World Cups right close together, and of course, I mean with the I mean, even with the traveling like it's not like cali i guess it's on the same side of the world but you know going from colombia to um los angeles and los angeles i guess it's like one it's like still only one flight across from europe but then yeah it's like over a month before a month and a half before the able-bodied track world champs in hong kong in the middle of april yeah which is also a bit gutting very gutting for your because uh, in the olden days, you could ride the Spring Classics and the Track World Champs because the, the in the olden days, back in the day, the Track World Championships were uh, were earlier. So they yeah, might be yeah. around the end of the end of February, event end of January or at least the end of February. So it's a bit I do find it weird. The, the Track World Cup this year, it's yeah. been a bit. And it, and it is changing things a little bit like, I mean, I'm. I, no, Nettie Edmondson, for example, has said that this year she's focusing more on road and doing <laughs> almost no track. You know, partly because yeah. of that sort of stuff. So, well, yeah. they had they they done the Track World Cup basically. Glasgow was the fourth to the sixth of, of November, and then Appledorn was the eleventh to the thirteenth of November. So, you are basically in the same, and then this block. So you're basically in the same. There's this really long gap between races. Mm. 
Mm. It's unusual because when I first started watching Trek, you'd, you know, you'd start in, say, the end of October and then you'd go into November, December, January. So it's an odd thing. Um, of course, the oddest thing is that Los a- attached to the Los Angeles Track World um, Cup around the same time-ish is the Paracycling Track World Championships. Yeah, which, I mean, normally I'd be like, you know, hooray, this is awesome, something to look forward to. And hooray, it is awesome and something to look forward to. But also, how the fuck is it that nobody knew about this until, like, what, seven weeks, six weeks before it's actually on? Yeah, so so in the hierarchy of cycling disciplines, we have men's world tour at the top. And right at the bottom, we have paracycling track. Mm. Uh, maybe I don't know where I don't think that like cycle ball and spike ballet you know they don't really count because they just they just do their own thing but yeah so right at the bottom you have paracycling um which is really sad because um at the risk of sounding uh patronizing and I don't mean to but I can see how this might sound patronizing but these are people who need a bit more you know, who who we should who fight who who have more barriers in the way of cycle of, of their cycling, you know, yeah. and so they should be. We should be working to remove barriers for disabled people in all walks of life. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. You know, I'm a big believer in you know e- equality doesn't mean giving people exactly the same things. It means giving people exactly the same opportunities. You know, and helping people have this, have the same opportunities. So yeah, and. And it's been an ongoing problem for paracycling track because they have this amazing time in the Paralympics where everyone's like, wow, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah, look at them. Oh, wonderful. Clap, clap, clap. Or in the Commonwealth Games, you know, and then nothing for like, you know, nothing. You have paracycling worlds. Hurrah. And then for us commonwealths oh wow yay but you know that's only literally a small proportion of countries of the world um and then and then nothing and so one of the issues they've had is they don't often have a track world championships and that's hard so it sounded like it was a great idea you have paracycling track worlds at the same time it's the week after the los angeles track world cup so they're basically back to back the able-bodied cyclists and then the paracyclists which means you can have the same team staff Mm. you can ship the equipment out at the same time it's you know it's you can ship out you know you can have riders being one big team you know one whole team la 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 same media you know what i mean it's it's it seems like on in theory a really really good idea but as you say they were given less than eight weeks notice that it was going to happen indeed um, and that's for me that's the real sticking point like you say there's a lot of efficiencies and benefits to you know putting them where they did um, you know so that they can leverage that sort of stuff but it, it's just I, I I just struggle to comprehend the fact that it was so poorly thought out that it was announced at literally the last moment and you know we, we often talk about how difficult it is for, for example, women's teams to plan their year when races aren't guaranteed necessarily to be on because just because they're in the calendar doesn't mean they'll run and blah, blah, blah. Um, That's even harder when we're talking about a group of athletes who, like you say, basically sit at the, the bottom end of the UCI's attention spectrum and don't get 
um, a lot of support and then don't get a lot of notice to even be able to make those arrangements themselves. You know, and it affects everything from from the logistics of getting to the event to um, being able to run a decent training program and make sure you're in peak, you know, condition for it and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot most of the track riders can't be full time trackies. You know, like yeah. there's, there's they can't be. So it's even getting time off work within eight weeks. You know, if you suddenly say, "Oh, actually, hey, I need a week and a half off work." Yep. In eight weeks' time, like most people's jobs just laugh at you, don't they? And then even you know, and then even if you can, the big problem is so it's getting to Los Angeles. So it's in this is announced in January, and of course budgets are fixed. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't know when your end of year is, but our end of year, our end of the financial year is the end of March. So yeah. if you suddenly announce, oh yeah, you know, a big world championships that's taking place in Los Angeles <laughs> that nobody knew was on and therefore didn't that, budget for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Netherlands, for example, aren't going. And and it's difficult. Oh, you have a, for, for those who may not understand, uh, I mean, it's it's to riff on the old Zen koan. If there was a cycling event somewhere in the world and the Netherlands didn't attend, was there really a cycling event on in the yeah, world? Yeah, yeah. And they're one of the top paracycling teams. And I mean, and it's and it's so so some of the big squads have managed to find the money, but it also makes it harder for if you're a, if you're a country like Britain or Australia. I think we're both sending teams. Um, you can probably make some changes and do so. I mean, God knows the things that British cycling has been in the news for. Yeah. Um, you know, you can find some money and you can and you can work it out. And you know, and okay, fine. Let's just get. We've got velodromes in our country. We can we can get people training this isn't ideal let's do it yeah but if you're a a country that doesn't have if you're an irish cyclist you don't have a velodrome in your own country you know yeah. and if you're a federation if you're like from a from a federation that doesn't have that much money and doesn't you know and even and doesn't prioritize paracycling para, para which you know a lot of countries don't. like usa for example is very very good at, at supporting its paracyclists um, the Netherlands is, um, Britain is, Australia is, I think, you know, but if you're from a country that doesn't prioritise cycling and then you're not going to prioritise paracycling within that, you, what what can you do, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's hard. It is hard and it's just, and it's depressing and I'm, yeah. so yeah. So, so, I mean, that's and, the thing. I look forward problem. to the event and I look forward yeah. to the racing. It's just frustrating that, you know, it could, you know, what what is sure to be a good event could have been an even better event if it oh, was, it could have yeah. been it could have been transformative because um so the UCI go oh well you know it's unusual to have a track world championships in the post Olympic year that's a bad thing there should be a world championships for every discipline every year you yeah. know it's a good thing it's it's just it feels like it feels like this is an amazing opportunity and i really want to you know i'm really happy that they managed to have a track world championships it's just oh my god why why make it harder and that's and that's what's really frustrating and difficult and and what i don't want to happen is the uci might look at it and go oh well you know look at all these countries who didn't show up look at all these top riders who didn't show up that means that no one wants one right mm. and that's not true it's not that people don't want it and it's not that people aren't taking it seriously it's just that you have to make a decision like the netherlands will have had to make a decision between should we do it half-assed 
or should we not do it at all? And yeah. no one wants to be no one wants to make that decision that says we don't send riders. But equally, no one wants to go when they've not been prepared and they're not ready for it and they've you know, and it's been sprung out of nowhere. So yeah, track track in general, I don't really understand what's going on with it in the UCI. It's weird. But paracycling ugh, it's just depressing and out of all the sets of cyclists and i'm really sorry if this sounds patronizing i absolutely don't mean it to it pisses me off that it's it's disabled people who get the who get the you know the the, the worst the short end, short, yeah. short yeah because you know like i say these are people who who are inspiring and work just as hard and train just as hard and and you know are overcoming all sorts of obstacles and hurdles of just to be there you know and it's just and a really fantastic personalities and really fantastic stories. So yeah, um, mm. I do have a good news paracycling story though. Yeah, please share. Tell so, me more. Good news paracycling story. Hannah Dines is a British um, British uh, paracyclist. She rides a tricycle because she's got multiple sclerosis. Um, although she's got this great blog where she talks about how she falls off her trike more than she does when she's standing up. <laughs> so, <laughs> So um, Hannah Dines, she's a paracyclist. She rode her. She had been a runner, um, I, you know, with I think with calipers, and she changed to cycling. And she rode her first um, Paralympics with her, her eye on doing really, really well in Tokyo. Yep, yep. And she had her Sport England funding cut because she mm. hadn't done as well in the Olympics. And am I right? Am I thinking of the the correct rider in that she also then her car got stolen? Yeah, basically, her car got stolen. No, her flat got broken into. They found her car keys in the flat. They nicked her car. They set it on fire. And in the back of her car was her racing trike. Fuck. This was on New Year's Eve. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, fuck. That's horrible, isn't it, right? That's just like a a litany of horrors. And her insurance. That's like if that came up in the writer's room for a TV show, it'd be like, settle down. Jesus, no. Like, too much. People won't believe that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, um,. And her insurance wouldn't cover the trike because I think they were just, it shouldn't have been in your car, should it? Oh, right. Thanks. So she turned to crowdfunding to raise seven and a half thousand pounds for a new racing trike, and she got it in like two and a half days. Oh, that's good. That is a good. That's a that is a, a good news story. Nice. And it's mostly it's mostly in donations of like ten and fifteen pounds. And she said in her crowdfunder that any money that's left over, any money that she raises above and what she what she needs, is going to go to the bike shop to buy uh to buy a racing trike for someone else. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. So. And she's, she said that what she wants to do is she wants to um, she's got to now work out that she's going to write write everyone's names on her new sh- trike in Sharpie. <laughs> she's got to try and work out this person, you know, how much oh people gave. Oh my god! Yeah, so she's got to do like a, a number of letters in the name to amount of available space on the frame, sort of calculation. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so i'm really happy for her you should follow her she's hannah r dines d-i-n-e-s on twitter and she's got a really lovely twitter and in the in the uh in the paralympics she was a fantastic rider cheering for all her teammates and just being a joy to follow and so it's just like it's like you know having ms isn't enough let's just fuck you over in so many ways but you know seeing how fast it 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 went was just a joy that is nice that's really nice 
she'd got like two thousand pounds in less than twenty four hours, you know, and mm. and it's most and like I say, it's mostly yeah, it's mostly donations, in small donations. And that's, and I think that's one of the things that makes life happy. Is I am sad that you know because uh, Sarah Story's team has a crowdfunder up at the moment uh, for Podium to fund Podium Ambition, and uh, mountain bike rider Bex Bariona has a, a crowdfunder raffle that I think closed yesterday um, to fund her riding the Enduro World Series, and yeah. and it's kind of one of those things where I am sad that women professional athletes have to resort to crowdfunding. To, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand. Like, if this had even been, like, five years ago and Hannah had had her trike stolen, it would have been so much harder to replace it. But it's not just that. It's not just the fact that she can replace it. It's all the people sending her good luck messages and happy messages. And, you know, like, when you see people, like, chipping in a tenner and and, and 15 quid and 20 quid, it's like, it just makes you feel, do you know what I mean? It just makes you feel happy. And, look, we are one big community. So, you know, sad that people have to crowdfund, but super happy that it's there because it's a good thing. Yes. Um, more good things. I did my annual kit vote, the first part of my annual kit vote this week. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I really, really love kit votes. <laughs> I just, I just love that you start cackling straight away. That's actually. I wasn't cackling. That was laughing gently. <laughs> Potato, potato. <laughs> <laughs> I um yes, I um I yeah. I did my kit. Oh, uh, so I, now this one, this is the of... first of your posts, right? So this is basically the um the teams that are automatically invited to the World Tour races. Yeah. Yes, this is teams that are automatically invited to the World Tour races, and um, I do it this way because there's twenty of them, you know, and so. If people, as people keep getting, I've, I've written it in the post twice, people. So if this is you, you know, I'm side-eyeing you right now. I did explain at the top of the post that these are the 20 teams that, that are automatically invited to the world. So I linked to the to the thing to the thing that said what it was. Yeah. And um, if you think, oh, my God, Sarah, why haven't you included the kiss of my favorite team? And you didn't read that. You will have also not read that I said, yes, I will do part two where you can nominate any other team like domestic teams uh you know teams uh, all, all kinds of teams if you have a team a women's cycling 2017 team kit that you like then send it to me because i will put it in part two but so i always love this i always love the team kit vote because i've got to admit every now every year someone will say but sarah this isn't a this isn't an objective poll about who's got the best kit it, it basically is won by the team that campaigns the most yes and <laughs> like have you heard of the internet like fucking the last american election was literally under those conditions like, <laughs> fucking what do you want i it's a bloody no, kid no. vote <laughs> so it's not so it's not an objective um and it's, it's not an objective which is the best kit but i would say as someone with an art degree <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to do an objective decision about which is the best kit um let's have a look and see who's doing well at the moment it runs till monday so there's plenty of time to vote or if you're some people voting from work and home <laughs> and on your laptop and on your phone <laughs> and then a then obfuscating your IP address and accessing yeah, different yeah. outlets from your VPN. Not that anyone yeah. would ever do that. So 
So at the moment, after about 24 hours, WM3 Pro Cycling is leading with 352 votes. Tipco Silicon Valley Bank has 274 votes in second. Canyon Stram has 252 votes in third. Silence has 164, then Sunweb, then High Tech, then Bowles Dolmans and FDJ. But all this can change, people. It could. It could. I mean, when Mariana Voss, when Mariana Voss tweet, you know, retweets the vote for our kit, it's great. There's going to be, you know, people <laughs> luckily who listen. So, you know, all I was saying is, if you want, if you think it's an absolute fucking travesty that your favourite team <laughs> is doing best, if you can get Donald Trump to vote in support of your no, 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 no. What you want to do is want Donald Trump to 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 renounce it and say it's a terrible thing. <laughs> Just like the Nordstrom stock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look forward to this being in uh, in the next uh, the next White House press conference. Oh my God, I'm just imagining Donald Trump saying women's cycling is is a waste of time. Women should stay in the kitchen or something. Oh God, oh, let's let's actually stick <laughs> hey, with, let's stick with happy things. I was going to say we should follow the la- we should follow the last legs thing uh, where they said that every, every mention of Trump throughout the year they're going to put a pound in a swear jar and at the end donate it to Syrian refugees. Yeah, I'm not so that's what I'm every time we mention no. Trump, every time we mention Trump on the podcast, we 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 donate we donate <laughs> to charity. I made up five quid already today from between us, so five quid from me, five dollars from Dan. No, no, I have not agreed to this. I, yes, you have. I have not. I, I am aware of how often I'm not going to be able to live up to that. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's why. That's why, Dan. We, 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 we make it. We donate it to charity. So, okay, so which kit is your favourite of this year? Um, uh, For me, I reckon it is actually WM3 is probably the one I like best out of, out of the 20 that we've got so far. Oh, what do you like about it? Um, I don't know. I just... the It's the style and the green on black and... Um, yeah. Just... Yeah. Someone someone said on Twitter that it reminded them of an old fashioned news program start, and the thing is, is I know exactly which one he means because it's jo- we used to have John Craven's News Round, a children's program which had very very early computer graphics of the world like coming up. <laughs> it does, yes. So the the map the map of Europe and the world around it does make me think of John Craven's News Round too. No, it's nice. It's now I you know like every year there's an inadvertent. Um, fashion, you know, like teams change, and and they and they and they all do it like randomly, but they all end up doing the same thing. Yeah, so you everyone's, know, everyone's gone like navy or dark blue. <laughs> yeah, everyone's gone navy, dark blue, or black this year. So you kind of look at all these teams which used to be, and a lot of them have gone black shorts. Yeah. So, for example, um, uh, Ale Cipollini who are still the fantastic fluoro, never lose the fluoro. They've changed their, they've changed up their kit design and they've got diamonds instead of bubbles and they've got black shorts, orange diamonds, which is kind of, dis- I, you can imagine the designers just hitting themselves because Bulls Dolmans have also gone <laughs> well, <laughs> diamonds. Yeah, okay, but to be, fair, to be fair, that's a little bit easier for them because Bulls Dolmans is also the winner of team with most people not wearing the team jersey. So. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <It's>... Yes! <laughs> Between their yes. national champions and world champions and... European it. champions. Euro and champions nas- and every yeah. other champion. <laughs> so, um, Astana have... So, they've gone also black shorts and balls. Um, uh, Astana have gone... Uh, have, have got black shorts, have added black shorts. Um, uh, Canyon Shram. Now, they've got a really, really cool thing where when they're on training camp, they've got 
a different training jersey for their national champions. So, um, so, so when you're their training jersey for their people, people riders who are national champions is the same pattern, but just done in national, national champions colours. Yeah. So, uh, you, so for example, Mika Kroger's got um, red and yellow stripes, and Hannah Barnes got blue and red stripes. Mm. Uh, Ellen Chikini has got red and red and green stripes, and they can't wear these in the races because uh, there's rules about national champions jerseys yep. that come from federations. But it's pretty cool. I, I do like that. It's like one of those like nice little touches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I quite like that a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're always going to be a popular jersey. I'm still slightly disappointed because it does. they don't look quite as colourful from the back as they do in the front. Um, Cervelo Bigler stayed the same. Silence Pro Cycling have gone for a two-tone effect where they're black on the middle and then they're bright green down one leg and one arm. Mm-hmm. And just green flashes down the other side, so that's not going to be annoying at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's going to be great for like the first first like two weeks of racing, where <laughs> from the left they don't look like a threat, and from the right, oh fuck, we've got to chase them. <laughs> yeah, they've got a picture of them like all standing in a line with like half of them with a green side out and half of them with a re- with a black side out. Um, yeah, but also if you, go... look at, if you look at that photo, it's also interesting to note that when the green side's out, that's the side that smiles, and then as it rotates to the black, the smiles fade. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, FDJ, they've got, you know, um, Futuros, the Futuroscope team is now FDJ, Nouvelle Aquitaine Futuroscope, and they've got a gigantic FDJ four-leaf clover on the back. So they're going to be, they look like nothing else in the peloton. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the red, white, and blue of the French flag. I, re- I like it, you know. It looks like, it looks something completely different. And FDJ are doing a year's worth of films um, on their Facebook, so you can kind of follow the team through it, and I really like that. Um, high tech products used to be aqua and white and dark blue, and now they're dark blue. Yep. So yeah, um, Lara's Lara's Wow deals are the same, bright green and white. Yay! Lens World they've gone darker blue with black shorts. Yes. Um, there's a theme. Lotto Sudal have stayed the same, but they've got a different back on their jersey. But they're red and white. There's no one else who's red in yeah. the peloton. Hurrah! Hurrah for sticking out. Um, Orica have gone dark blue and lime green. We saw them win a lot. But the lime green looks a bit weird when their bike and their helmets and their bar tape are still the same yeah. other green. Yeah, they've got some green clashing going on there, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Sunweb have gone back to... It's very, very similar to their 2014 jersey when they were... Uh, I can't even remember who they were. Um, live something. Um, uh, it's white with black stripes. It's got red accents. And again, it's going to be pretty easy to spot. I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of easy to spot jerseys. Yeah, formerly Live Planter. So. Formerly Live Planter, Sunweb, Tipco have gone uh, navy blue, blackish with 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 blue and lime green. <laughs> um, oh, full, full respect for the team photo, though. Pretty cool. Rock pool by the beach. You know. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Someone was one, one of my one of my Twitter followers making jokes about um, their shoe sponsor, <laughs> <laughs> as they are wearing the emperor's new shoes. Indeed. <laughs> um. Virtu Pro Velo Concept. Now, if you like me are going, hang on, who the hell are Virtu Pro Velo Concept? They are the team formerly known as BMS Burn, which was a small Scandinavian team that have 
bounced up the rankings by buying in Amber Neben, who's the current ITT world champion, and Carmen Small, um, famous Carmen Small, yep. who's also just been on the, uh, the DS course. DS course. Yeah. yeah. So Carmen's going to be doing some DSing. And they've got their kit is blue, navy blue and red. It's also then, I, I hesitate to say, but this is this is also alarmingly like bringing back US postal colours, isn't it? So it's, it, well, it is Bianca Reese who runs the team. Oh so. god! Oh god! Actually, was Bianca Reese have US postal? I could be wrong. Sorry, Bianca. I'm 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 weirdly uh, maligning your name, which I didn't. Think was <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I don't know that you actually can. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, and um, Wiggle are exactly the same. Yep. And then, um, and then WM3, which we started off with, so that's around the... Yeah, they're black and green. Yep. <laughs> it's um, so funny, but it always happens. It always happens that, like, you have just some colours that just become fashionable. And um, if, you know, if you know me, you know that my favourite ideal kit is on two ends of the spectrum, right? Like, my favourite, favourite ever kit with Cervelo Test Team, simple, classy, monochrome, very simple, yep. just class that's my one favorite idea and then my other favorites are right at the other end of the spectrum which holy fuck my eyes i can't see it burns what the hell's going on there and you know like the old or, or just ludicrousness like the old netherland bluet kit with like little tiny teeny tiny cows and tractors and broccoli on it so i love that kit and yeah um <laughs> so i'm a bit disappointed because there's none that's either that kind of completely pure um you know that completely pure simplicity yeah. minimalism and there's nothing that's completely insane this year so i think my favorites have to be either sunweb for the simplicity or um or i guess i go for alley for because they're because i've never ever missed <laughs> never mistaken an alley rider in the See, bunch. i just i can't i can't I, I want to almost but i can't vote for the alley kit but I can vote for the LA bikes, so you know. Oh yeah, they're they're black this year. Like rather than having the like luminous yellow bikes, they're black this yeah, year with black, lots but with of luminous, the, with the luminous lettering. So you know, I like that. Yeah. So which is your favorite kit? Well, it's still. It's and what do you look for in a kit? Oh yes, you started it. So so yeah. what do you look for? I mean, in an ideal world, what oh, what's been I, your favorite I, ever kit? Look, I do like a I do like understated more than you know big loud flashy things um but i think if you do it well it works you know so um i think that's kind of what i like so my my three favorite and you can see the similarities would be wm3 silence and um canyon sram and what i'd say they have in common is just they all have like a black base and then some bright distinguishing features so you know that's yeah What's been your favourite ever kit? My favourite ever kit? Ooh, jeez. That's... Oh. I'm, I'm completely stumped. I'm genuinely completely stumped. I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea at all. And I think my favourite, my worst kit was the Leontine.nl kit, which was Barbie pink with white flowers on it. Ooh. And it was... It was such a relief when Kirsten Veald, like you compare Kirsten Veald, who's got bright red hair and she's tall and she's, you know, she's a sprinter. She's got a sprinter's build and a tracky build. And 
she just always looked terrible in it. Whereas Kirsten Field in the Cervello kit just looked fantastic. You know, yeah. it's it's. I always feel for Kirsten because you know, oh, that was just a bad kit. So I, I am slightly morally against we're a women's team, so let's paint it pink. <laughs> Which is which? So, so the Canyon kit does kind of lose a couple lose a couple of points for that, and also lose points is because I thought when I first saw it on the front that it would be super easy to spot in the peloton, but for some reason the bright colours are all on the front and not on the back. Not on the back, so so you have complaints. I do. We do have a lot of opportunities to see these kits live this year, though, because um, we have more live races. We have while we've lost, we've lost some races that were live, yeah, and that's disappointing. So we lost the Ladies Tour of Qatar, which has been live completely for the last couple of years. Um, we lost the uh, the um, the Argentine the Argentinian races, which were all streamed live, and that's that's disappointing. Um, however. Uh, the Tour de San Luis um, and the Philadelphia Classic. You know, losing the Philadelphia yeah, Classic yeah. is really difficult. But, 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 we do have more races that have come alive. This year, the Festival Elsie Jacobs is going to be live, for example. Oh, that would be awesome. And, you know, and as well as all the pro races, um, you know, the World Tour races, the UCI races, we've got a lot in America that's alive. You know, the, oh, the Healthy Aging Tour, the tour formerly known as Energy Water, yep. is going to be streamed live in not just the elites, but the juniors as well. Oh, wow. OK, that's cool. And then the Alabama Cycling Classic. So this is an example of the American races, which is the Sunny King Crit and the McClellan Road Race. They're going to be streamed live. So... And races that we haven't seen before, so um, Quick, which is all over the Flanders Hills, might be streamed live, might not, but it's going to have a long highlights program on uh, on uh, Eurosport NL. Yep, yep. So, yeah, um, the Amakameen the Bira, the final stage, is going to be live again. You know, there's, it's a really, really, really positive... Um, you know, it's a really positive yeah, yeah. I was, situation. Well, this is the thing. When I looked through your posts and your research and everything, I was like, wow, there's actually a lot that we we have a really good chance of seeing, which is amazing. I mean, for me, I, I, I mean, I know technically it's kind of not the first, but I'm still super excited about the possibility of Flanders being live. Um, yeah, just because it, it was so disappointing that it didn't work out because of technical reasons last year. I really, 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 please, gods of cycling, hear my prayer. Hope that it does work this year and that they do try for it, you know, and don't just write it off. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, last year Flanders and the Tour de Yorkshire should have been groundbreaking. This is we can prove that it can be done, world changing, and both of them were fucked over by technical problems outside their control. So, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. Um, the first race live is well, obviously, we might get to see some of Omelette Pet Noiseblatt. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, if if we're really lucky, they'll it's fixed finish line cameras it's like you talk about i mean again it's like glass half full glass half empty it's quite difficult when you're talking about a race like het Noiseblatt or flesh will on where mm-hmm. you want where i know where you want to you really really want it to be you know to them to use the fixed cameras but you know so omelette het noise but 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 when tail winger omelette van het hageland on the sunday yep. can be live and also we'll be having like a half an hour to an hour's highlights um, on Eurosport NL a couple of days later. It's going to make these races be really shown up, you know? Exactly, 
Exactly. Like if we get if we got Kent Webb and Ronda Van Vlaanderen, for example, then that shows ASO. Well, why can't you do it with Liège and Omnipet Noiseblad? So yep, exactly. I mean, essentially, it, it gives us the opportunity to create. You know what happened with cyclocross um, last year when you know suddenly due to change in in broadcast rights and stuff, you know some races are being shown and then all of a sudden it's like oh wow people are watching if we put them on let's put them all on. Yeah, so. yeah, and and it's and it's it's just it's it is, I mean it is hard and I completely get the um, the new you know the kind of. The, 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 it's difficult for a new fan who sits there going, you know what? I don't really care that I can see more than more than I used to be able to. I still want to see the Giro. I still yep. want to see these races in with British commentary or commentary from whatever country you come from. I still want to see races. You know, I still want to see more than just ten minutes. You know, more than just three minutes of flesh well on. You know, yeah, it's yeah. so I, I do completely understand you guys. And I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, we should only be happy because it's, it's not, it's, yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, I, I actually, yeah, like I agree. I really appreciate that we do get new fans into the sport who help us remember because it is easy to fall into, oh, well, it's a lot better than it was five years ago. And, you know, and I don't want to knock the achievement of how far we've come in, in those five years either, but you know, it's absolutely right that we're reminded that, you know, it's 2017 and the expectation of the average sports fan is that it should be on somewhere for me to watch, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I totally appreciate that they help us all, you know, keep up the pressure and realize that, yeah, we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. Yes. Yes, yes. And, and yes, thank you. Thank you, new fans. I appreciate you and I love you. Um, we just had the women's tour route has been announced. Now, that's not going to be shown live. They're still going to have the hour long of highlights that they have, they've had um, uh, so far. But they've just announced the route and it looks even better than it's been before. Like it's getting better, legitimately getting better every year. Um, finishing in London on the same state, on the same route that the men's uh, tour of Britain road. So a, a circuit course that goes up and down so basically it's where does it start and finish it starts and finish finishes just near piccadilly circus and it runs up uh up regent street um back through piccadilly circus through trafalgar square um all the way oh god i'm so excited by this (laughs) i'm so excited it kind of has this it takes in some of the roads that the um prudential ride of london ran because it for example it goes down to whitehall and then changes by west westminster just by big ben right. and yeah it's going to be an amazing route it's really 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 exciting it's a full day full stage in um in uh in in london they've just had an amazing launch with the mayor of london sadiq khan which is you know yep. fantastic so five stages, Daventry to Kettering for the first stage, Stoke-on-Trent and Staffordshire for the second stage, which is hilly, um, Atherston to Royal Lemington Spa for stage three, which is going to be hilly too. Um, yeah, hell, um, Chesterfield and Derbyshire. Oh, my God, I love these places. And um, and then London. Wow. Well, there you go. That's um, oh. So that's, that's like uh, quite a... Um, I guess, you know, it's a continuation of what the women's tour have always sort of set out to do in terms of building on and and creating more drama in their stages and stuff like that. I have one question, and I could be wildly wrong, and so the joke that I'm hoping to set up might not work, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Um, Is Stoke-on-Trent, like, where all the rich people live? No! Oh, 
Damn it. Yeah, so that's... Why? Oh, because there's... I remember you telling me somewhere that's, like, outside London that had a name like Stoke-on-Trent, but to be fair, everywhere outside London has a name like Stoke-on-Trent. Oh, you're thinking of outside of um, Manchester. No, no, where I'm thinking rich... outside London where, like, Jeremy Clarkson lives, because I was going to love the idea of someone putting a that's bike race... That's the Cotswolds. Yeah, okay, see, same thing, Stoke-on-Trent, Cotswolds, same thing. Oh! Um, I I I would have loved if they put a stage of the tour there and that just basically lapped his house all day. That would have been brilliant. Oh god, can you imagine? Not only women, but women on bicycles. It I would know. have been yes. Oh, I, I, I'd live stream the shit out of that, wouldn't you? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other news this week. Um, well, I I I didn't enjoy. But there was a podcast on Ella Cycling Tips with Genevieve Johnson, famous for um, being a junior world champion and never ride, uh, probably an elite world champion too, got it taken away from her, never ridden clean as an elite uh, ever from her junior time onwards because she was in an abusive relationship with her coach who had groomed her and slept with her, abused, sexually abused her, physically abused her, got her on, you know, made her dope. Yeah. And then blackmailed her. Yeah. Really tragic story. Her 10-year ban, it's interesting that she was banned for 10 years. Um, when, you know, when lots of men, <laughs> you know, you look yeah. at it and you go, why is Johnson banned for 10 years? Especially, I mean, I think, to be honest, it was probably the best thing for her to be, to, to be, to be out of that sport. And yeah, that exactly. Like, probably but, the best thing about it was that it pushed her out of the sport. But, you know, it's like, it's punishing the victim, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. There's a podcast with her on Ella Cycling Tips that is, is you know, is is uh, it's important listening. Yeah, and look, I, I, I think you said it well. Like, it's not pleasant listening. It's not listening for fun. But as we've said before, you know, it is important that these issues be brought to light and these stories be told. And it is heartening in uh, a way that in the last few years we've seen more writers um, being able to to share their stories and and talk up about this sort of thing um you know and and so it is it's an important listen but it's a it's a hard listen yeah and it's not the only hard thing this Mm. week it's uh yeah um (laughs) well i mean there's no there's no easy way to get into it is there i mean like you know uh brady o'donnell who we're we're big fans of um you know in response to that podcast wrote um, a post on her blog about um, her experiences with some of those sorts of issues of, of abuse. And it's important to, to note, too, that, you know, Brody does a good job of explaining that, um, you know, there's so many different kinds of abuse that that um, writers are vulnerable to and, and many, you know, and suffer from many of, um, including, you know, just the... the the um, power differentials and things like, um, you know, having having jokes made about you in front of your teammates and stuff like that or, or whatever, which can seem kind of innocuous. But when you're, you know, living in a foreign country where you don't speak the main language that the rest of the team does or whatever, you know, it, it gets hard all the way through to much more extreme things. And, and you know, Bryder shares some really hard parts from her story as well and... and yeah, it's it's again tough reading. Yeah, and it's not the only one about that this week, is there? Because there was another article that collected anonymous stories of women, 
women's experience of life in the peloton that was you know again hard reading yep yep you know and i mean all sorts of things from the you know ds's restricting food intake on training camps um you know um sexual abuse physical intimidation there's there's all sorts of behaviors you know and then there's all the all the you know again no less important but you know really really sort of diabolical psychological things like withholding payments and and stuff like that it's 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 just tough i mean the thing is that's hard is that you find yourself going yeah there's literally nothing i haven't heard before in this which is which is just which is really really depressing because you know the 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 farron team for example which i have heard um i don't know for sure i have heard that they they literally were you know five years in a row i heard rumors that they weren't paying riders you know and that's and that's just like that's just like oh i don't i don't want to you know i just it's just why are they still being allowed to be uh in the you know why are they still allowed to be in the in the in the have a uci team the uci knows about this every time you know they know about every time and it's just it's just uh uh depressing 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 so um but it, but important to talk about it because i kind of you know it's it's equally that thing where you you don't want to hide from it mm, so mm. um yeah so this article is on the outer line and they talk about sexism and abuse, and they also talk about what the UCI could and should be doing. Yes, um, it's important to note that some national federations are doing really good work on this. So the Dutch yep. National Federation, the the USA USA Cycling, do have uh, routes to go through to get support for riders. So it's not all doom and gloom, but yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, it is important to support those efforts where they are and to call for more where they are not yet in place um but certainly i agree the the uci i think you know when we talk about things like the women's commission in in the uci and building out a more sustainable and successful sport for for women's cyclists yes absolutely team structure racing licenses fair pay minimum wage all of these things are important but also right at the top of that list has to be like rider safety Mm-hmm. And, and and it's important to say that although we talk about this in women's cycling this sort of stuff will be happening in men's cycling too like the mm. pay stuff uh, men in continental teams for example have the same issues about not being paid it's just that for some reason men can't talk about this yeah, stuff because yeah. because it's much harder for men to talk about being sexually abused by men yeah, than yeah. There's, there's not sorry i don't mean that that sounds like a t- I, put, I phrased that badly in culturally it's difficult to talk about it for 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 for, you know for men and and in in ways that at least women at least we have a cultural narrative around it and you know the same issues that happen with men where they won't talk about not being paid because they really really want to be seen as not difficult Mm. you know and Mm. they've got better and they've got more they've got more to lose i guess so a woman can say i you know nicole cook or rochelle gilmore can say you know i took i took my team to court to get paid and that was the only way i got paid by them yep and uh, lucy martin last year um last year uh, and jet jet and jesse um i've totally forgotten jesse walker have both come out and talked about their experiences on italian teams for example now a man who is an equivalent young man who wants to make it like he uh, he, like you can be you're lucky if you get into six figure salaries for for the you know for the for for women whereas the men if they get to the top can be literally talking millions so yeah 
Exactly. And... They, so I guess the men feel that they have much more to lose, and there's not a cult, and there's still a culture of saying that of blaming men for being weak if things happening them. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyway. That's incredibly fraught and horrible and, and stuff, but it is important, as you say, to not shy away from it and to own our responsibility to not just listen when people speak out but demand more from federations and um, the UCI and, and whoever. So yeah. Yeah. Um, There is some good news, though. There are some good awesome. news stories. Um, I'm really liking reading about things around the world. Uh, there's a there's a piece on Ella Cycling Tips about... Um, about the the Mongolian national women's cycling team and the thing that made me happy this week was reading on the um, Team Africa Rising website about uh, about an initiative in Cairo of young girls using bicycles during Ramadan to help feed refugee families Aww. and it's yeah the, 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 the Cairo cycling geckos um, it's nice. there's a lovely little filmette and there's a nice article about it and we'll put links to all of this there's lots more that we haven't had time to talk about because we were only going to podcast for half an hour today <laughs> maybe um, we should also... say that every week <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah go to our site prowomenscycling.com i have changed my twitter you might have noticed i am now at pw cycling pro women's cycling pw cycling for my cycling side and then my then at underscore pigeons underscore is my personal life do feel free to follow me there if you want lots of pictures of bristol looking exactly the same just in different weather conditions um and dan <laughs> is at dan you say that like they're not beautiful but they are they're great sarah's a great photographer <laughs> and if you like photography you should check that out but yes at pw cycling is her main one also don't forget to swing by patreon dot com slash women's cycling and um and give a contribution to help keep sarah in um tea and toast which is what uh her career thrives on and yeah. um yeah sadly not toast because we don't have a toaster anymore so it's tea oh, right. and um, tea and um tea and breakfast cereal oh okay well there you go um in any case your 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 contribution of a couple of quid a month is uh, is greatly appreciated we will be back shortly to discuss spring classics with you and, <sighs> and <sighs> live racing. so excited joy, joy, joy. so excited so excited um thank you for listening <laughs>